Saturday. Hello, hello everybody. So we're getting together on a Saturday night. It's the international bazaar of theories and weird stuff and psyops. It's Psyop Saturday. You know, it's not. There's not that much. Not that much to do. Um, for tonight, I mean, I, there's. I, I got a lot of things that I'm building up, especially the threads. There's a few things that I want to do with show topics that I like to build with all of you through the forums and all that stuff. Is um, is really nicely fit for a Saturday, but um, we'll get around to that in, in due time tonight. Because I was there's so much that you know craziness going on in my personal life right now that I just did not have um, any will to go outside of the two most obvious things, and that is um, what happened all over the last 12 to 16 hours in Russia. It was pretty much starting to fester right around the time that we were in the last leg of the of the show last night and then all throughout the evening and you wake up in the morning and you know everybody's uh, everybody's got an opinion everybody's drawn a conclusion there's definitely a lot of weirdness going on so um uh there's there's room for theories and interpretations no doubt but it's, it was incredible to watch the media play with themselves like they're like they were cam girls or something diddling furiously because putin there was a coup Putin's finished when it really had nothing to do with Putin and um, and then uh, and, and all the other severe pronouncements turned out to be nonsense too so I mean it was just a, a, a state of observation putting things aside asking some questions to some friends of mine on the side getting their theories collecting things and all that stuff and uh, and trying not to stay in the way of the blinding um, just the, the blinding uh, experience it is to, to go to the internet for news on, on things that are happening in real time. It's, it's blinding. But, you know, it's, it's also hard to, to shut your mouth and watch because social media is all about getting people's impulses triggered. Like, come on, come on, have an opinion now. What happened, me? Tell everybody, tell everybody right now how, you, how this is just so easy. What's going on, me? Say something. So that's that's what we all get throughout the day. It's it's with that that subconscious. Get in, get in now, now. You, you're the media. So, uh, and, and sometimes that's fun, especially if it's like a social kind of a thing that's going on. You don't really need too much backstory. Like if there's a debate of the day about what happened in uh, you know history or whatever is going on this day in history, and all of a sudden some kind of an internet food fight starts. You can jump in there. You can just troll and whatever the hell. But stuff like this, I'd rather sit back and just read for about a day or three. But uh, this one lasted uh, nowhere near a day because we went from coup d'etat to coup d'etat has been called off and the Wagner company is um, is retreating or they're being given sanctuary in Belarus and it's all over. It's done. And we'll talk about the things, um, we'll talk about all the things that we were seeing the last couple of hours. And then I'm hoping after that is all out on the table, because this will definitely follow us into the new week. We have Rich Barris coming on on Monday night, the 26th. And you know he's going to have something to say about what was going on over the weekend and, and, um, and one thing or another. So 
figure since we're on tonight, might as well not, might as well not ignore it altogether, so that um, we can get in on the fun, feeding at the trough with everybody else, and then on Monday, who knows what a couple more days of sobriety will give us, that post nut clarity after the last twelve hours. So, um, thank you so much for being here tonight. I want to give a special shout out, shout out, thought out. To Chris in Florida, who said, Frank, I'm a monthly subscriber, and today is my birthday. I think that was last that was last night. My last year of being in my 60s. Would you mind wishing me a happy birthday on tonight's show? If it would be the icing on my birthday cake, I emailed you once telling you that I was uh, on my city council. Now I'm vice mayor, and I love my tiny rural city. Thank you, Frank. Much love to you and the family. Chris in Florida. Happy birthday, Chris, and that's awesome. Vice mayor. We don't, we don't got room for a vice mayor in this town. We have people who love to be completely in control. They don't want any, anybody looking over their shoulder like some stalking butler. My vice is here waiting for me to die so they can become the mayor in this rural town. That's the kind of stuff that goes on. It's like House of Cards. That would be funny if somebody did a House of Cards kind of a show in all seriousness that takes place on a local level. You can't say Parks and Rec did that because it's not it's not violent enough. I'm talking about real low because it's not it it has to have happened. It has to have happened many times. Local disputes in city government that get people like uh murderous. Maybe that's what we should dig into. I'm always talking about Americana stories, the the ghost towns Obscure places throughout the country you see on on long road trips and things like that. These are places maybe small compared to where you're from, but they've got history. And you go back far enough, something crazy happened there. And I would love to hear local, local, um, political scandal stories from wherever the hell you're at. That would be very, very entertaining to me. So you can write into me at some point, and if I get enough. Responses, maybe we'll turn it into an official thread. At the very least, I'll just read your, your email. All right. Uh, let's see. And, and joining me in the room, who I'm sure that he'll be um, bouncing in and out on certain subjects, is Anthony. What's going on, Ant? Hey. Oh, hold on. Where the hell are you? There you go. Say that. Hey. What's going what's on? What's going on? Hey, no. what's your opinion on Russia and the... I, I the... don't even know what's going on. <laughs> I have no idea. We need, we need to know what you think about it right now, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... I'm not gonna be. Uh, I'm not gonna have a useful opinion on that. No, that's all right. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding this, because you know, and uh, by tomorrow night it'll be something else, and then who the hell knows? One thing I did do today, though, I cut apart. You weren't there yet. Me and Mike were were uh, getting rid of that that um, that mattress, the king size mattress. That whole thing was memory foam. And we knew that we weren't going to be bringing it down. I'm telling everybody, I'm bringing you in on this conversation too, everybody. Today, I cut apart a 500-pound mattress as if it was whale blubber. That's exactly what this thing was. And I could not, um, I can't tell you. We, we would not have been able to get it downstairs. We said, you know, we're going to have to cut this thing apart. And all I had were the knives in my pocket. Oh, That's, I wasn't there for that. I know. It was very satisfying. Because I thought it was going to be impossible, especially if there were springs in there, it was going to be a little bit of a, an issue. But the entire thing was several layers of, of memory foam. And we took slabs out of it. I'm telling you, it peeled like whale blubber. It was very, I, if, you all, if any of you out there have the opportunity 
to take apart a memory foam mattress like that with a really sharp knife you you'll feel like one of those people on youtube that you can watch completely take apart a uh, whole gigantic tuna with surgical precision and you just get you get lost in the process of them butchering tuna i, I was thinking about all those those uh those videos when when i was pulling this thing apart just the the knife just went right through like butter i, I fucking loved it pyretta's here as well what's going on pyretta good to see you First one up, let's do a couple of uh, oddities, and then and then I'm going to get into the, the Russia thing. Anthony can help me out with these. And then Ant. Yeah. Um, I have this other video. It is a Titanic-related video, but it's about eight minutes long. Don't have to watch the whole thing, but Donut Factory on YouTube what is uh, it? put together a compilation of all of the alchemical ritual synchronicities between the Titanic... Uh, this Titan and also um, the actual submersible itself and like biblical prophecy and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, I'd be interested in seeing that. I love that kind of stuff. So um, we will be able to watch a few minutes out of that. Uh, in the meantime, here we go. Art stinks. German art paints. An artist paints with cow manure. German artist Werner Hartel has carved out a truly unique niche for himself. He is currently the only artist who uses diluted cow dung you hear that? Cow dung to create sepia-style paintings. Look at that. That whole cow is made out of its own shit. Wow. The, the German artist started experimenting with cow dung in 2012. During a stint as an agriculture worker, he packed some manure into a canister and used water to dilute it in order to obtain different sepia tones. These days, he prefers to get the paint directly from the source, placing the canister just under the cow's rectum as it poops. He claims that harvesting just two bovine bowel movements provides him with enough material to last half a year. Can you imagine that? Just two bowel movements from a cow, and this guy has enough painting materials for six months. Wasn't there something like uh, years ago, back in the 90s, something, there was a, a controversial art piece where a guy, a guy made Mary out of shit? Yeah. Yeah, right? there was, I think that was elephant dung or something like that, and... and did the Virgin Mary? Yeah, and then and then and then he, uh, someone went in there and threw white paint all over it. Yeah, I re that was in New York. Yeah, I remember that was that ate up a lot of attention in the media for a while because people were really upset about it for a long time, and then there was also the Piss Christ um, exhibit. I forgot wh who hosted that. It was literally in a jar of urine with a crucifix in it. And, I mean, that's just, um, so the, so people usually, hear, when they hear about dung paintings, I think if you lived long enough, you, then you know that controversy with the uh, the Virgin Mary. But um, that's what that's what pops up. Mana, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, you look at this guy's painting over here, and the fact that that is done with what is considered a waste product, it's pretty good looking. Now, what are you going to do? I have to imagine that the canvas smells like shit. Maybe not. Maybe after a while it loses uh, the smell. Yeah, I guess so. I guess after long enough. So what do you have to do? You have to keep it in a room ventilated on its own until you can... Because somebody, if you're going to bring this to... I don't know. Hold on a second. Actually, I'm going to read into this. Read more. 
Let's see. While painting, I used old. Okay, increasingly, when it's wet, the paint is a bit funky. But when it's completely dry, it doesn't smell anymore. Okay. The artist said, adding that it usually takes a few days for the cow dung smell to disappear from the canvas and up to two weeks from a sheet of paper. So there you have it. Otherwise, I mean, it's, uh, if you're into that kind of thing. Art. Sounds, I don't know. <laughs> would you would you do anything like that? Especially no. if no, no bodily fluids, no. nothing like that. No. I don't, I don't really see the point. Yeah. Just use brown paint. Right. People have to be so cool. But I cool. guess that's what... But but would... I, I'm, I'm assuming they wouldn't be talking about this ordinary painting of a cow if it was... Uh, if it wasn't shit. I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Because ultimately, if you can paint... If you can paint this portrait with a pile of shit, mm. then I have to imagine that you're talented enough to sit there in front of your... In front of an easel with your... Your uh, your palette in front of you, and just with regular oil or acrylic, whatever you, you'll be able to he do. He probably he probably did a number of paintings like that, but he said this is just I'm not getting any attention. This isn't working for me. It's exactly what it is, and it's a smart. I mean, it's a smart move. You, you got to find a gimmick at that point. Um, right. You know what did uh, what did Picasso say? Because you know when in his you look at all the early Picassos, they look like. Uh, they look like Rembrandt paintings. You know, it's it's uh, very, very, very accurate, very real in the, in that in that sense. And then he started getting a lot more, um, you know, a lot more deconstructionist. And I think that was that that quote he said. He said, it "Took me at age five, I was painting like Raphael, but it took me an entire, it took me an entire lifetime to learn how to paint like a child, or something like that." Yeah. yeah and you know what? If he did, if he kept up doing what he was doing, maybe. I mean, he definitely wouldn't have been what he's no. really known for. No. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see here. A little bit more on this end. No, that's not what I was looking for. Hold on a second. Here we go. A fisherman forms touching bond with a four-meter-long crocodile. An Indonesian fisherman claims to have shared a friendship with a four-meter-long saltwater crocodile for over 20 years and calls the reptile part of the local community. 59-year-old Ambo, a fisherman from Bontang City in Indonesia's East uh, Kalimantan, has become somewhat of a celebrity in his country because of his unusual friendship with a giant saltwater crocodile named Rizka. The giant reptile has been a constant part of Ambo's life for the past 26 years, even since his first he first laid eyes on her in the waters off of uh, Pupuk Kaltim. Can you imagine that? Hmm. He noticed that she had followed him home Ambo grabbed some food and tossed it in the water. That was the beginning of a beautiful friendship spanning 26 years. I didn't even know that uh, crocodiles and alligators lived that long. I didn't know what the lifespan was. But obviously, it's at least that for this one. Well, how old is she now? Well, if they are... If they've been friends for 26 years, I have to imagine she's... What? Close 30? Or at least 26? <laughs> at least 27 years old? Just incredible stuff. Here's one last one for you. A gas station clerk asks someone to rob him so he could leave work early. A Tulsa gas station clerk is being accused of staging a robbery because he felt tired and, ne <laughs> and needed an excuse to get off of work early. On June 5th, Isaiah Jones, <laughs> Isaiah Jones called the Tulsa Police Department 
that a masked man had walked into the gas station store that he was working in, pulled out a firearm, and threatened to shoot him if he didn't give him all the money in the register. Jones allegedly complied and asked the uh, masked robber uh, and said that the masked robber left in a hurry. Surveillance cameras confirmed the clerk's version of the events, but the footage also helped police identify the robber. And when they managed to apprehend him, they learned that there was more to this case than they originally believed. I want to get to get to the bottom of this one. Oh my God! Let's see. Um, he let's see. Hold on. Believed on June 8th, police managed to catch the robber, a man named later identified as Stephen Jones. He had no relation to the clerk, Isaiah Jones, but he did tell investigators he wasn't the one who planned the robbery. Apparently, a woman by the name of Elia Locke, who turned out to be a mutual friend of the two men involved in this case, had asked Stephen to rob the store because Isaiah, the clerk, was feeling tired and wanted to leave early. Locke was arrested. He could have been killed. This This guy could have been killed. There could have been anybody in that store if they had seen it they would if they and they were in Tulsa. What if somebody had their their sidearm on them, and they intervened in what they thought was a real robbery, because they'd have every every right to. The young clerk was so was also arrested and ended up confirming that he had indeed asked Aaliyah Locke to find someone to rob the gas station because he was tired and needed an excuse mm-hmm. to leave early. I love how he went to this girl to try to create a buffer. Like, like that was going to hide the plot somehow. Like there wasn't a paper trail. <laughs> Back to him. Um, Isaiah Jones is currently charged with embezzlement and conspiracy to commit a felony, while Stephen Jones is charged with conspiracy to commit embezzlement and possession of a firearm. Both men were released on bond, while Locke remains in the Tulsa County Jail and could face charges of embezzlement. Locke Wait, what, didn't is get it, what is embezzlement? That's when you're, you're, you're pretty much stealing from a, a company. Okay, so... so- so then, it's no longer a robbery because it's because it's it was it's a known thing that is staged. So it's right. Well, okay. well, yeah, well, essentially in that respect, I, I know that the guy is trying to get off of work, but he's also conspiring with someone to take money out of the store okay, that he works. Right, in, you know, right, there right. is that aspect of it. It, it. If he wasn't involved, it would have been a, a robbery. It would have been attempted robbery and. And but there's a little bit more involved. It's a, there's an intimate relationship with the with the business. It's your business that you're taking from. So you could embezzle from 10-second songs. Right. By taking money out, not reporting the taxes, you know, just pocketing it and not, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. That's, uh, that's the way it works, even though, um, yeah. All right. Oh, you know, speaking of clerks and speaking of all this stuff, here is a side topic you can call in on tonight. Here's a side topic. Would you rather have 21st century consumer technologies that is everything that makes living in 2023 possible the phones the laptops whatever you're watching this show on okay 21st century consumer technologies or a return to 20th century customer support what would you rather have the technology i know everybody's like well how about both if you know anything about customer support these days, and you probably know that it's not about whether, I mean, you maybe you, you have great places like our, our sponsors. They have incredible customer support. I get, I get rave reviews about that all the time. But let's talk about in general here. In general, it's not the case. 
people do not like what they do uh, it, it comes through even when you're getting support over the phone people loathe the, the what they do they don't want to help they hope they hope that people inside walking around in their stores in their departments don't find them there's a there's and and it's it's also they make sure that you go through every every possible turn is automated before it gets to somebody human right they want to make sure that you give up before you have to go to somebody human right uh, that's uh, so there's, there's a lot there so my question is would you rather have it's because it's it's increasingly seeming like it is an either or even though we should have both would you rather have 21st century consumer technologies or 20th century customer support so that's what I want to want uh, I want to ask you because I don't know what I, I'd say uh, I think I might take the technologies at this point and just put up with whatever, right? Wh whatever you got, because what would people like you and I be without? Yeah, I know consumer technology that we have right now. So I've I, accepted that that you know as much as I can think of a pastime and be all nostalgic about things and be like, oh, seemed like it was better back then. I know for a fact that if I spent a day in a time that didn't have all this stuff, I'd be like, all right, this is this is just not working. I gotta come back. I got. I got. I got to use. I got to use all this new. I have to. I have to get on social media. I got to do all this stuff. But if you're going, it, it depends on what you're going back. If, if this we just like flipped back, suddenly we're there, and I don't know. I, I feel like if we had a week to go hang out in 1995 again, and do some just yeah. But what? see, but but we it's. I know that we were there and we experienced it, but it's a different life, and we're, we become so accustomed to the way things are now that you're going to be like all right trust me you'll you'll spend two days in the two days in 1995 tops before it's like okay because it's not even just social media it's everything it's it's everything like there's there's there are things that i'm probably not even thinking about right now that that would you know that are so much more efficient now that we're taking for granted by thinking about what it is back you know what I mean? It, it would it would drive me. I I think that would definitely get to me quick for a number of reasons. A, I got to get back to work, uh, and right. B, I can't do that anymore. And C, this is you know you, you think about it, I, yeah. It's I understand completely. That's if we are in a situation where we've been there for two weeks already, and I I mean you can get you can get bored at Universal Studios after a week. All right, all right, I've been on everything. I've done it. I, now I, right. I, I want to get back. So if we're talking about bouncing into the past to just immerse ourselves in a time that is gone again and to feel that nostalgia and that goodness and go around and experience, you know, especially places like New York City in 1995, 1996, that's a pretty safe city right there. And it's, uh, it's also full of things that you can't do anymore. Um, and even if you can do the things that you can uh, if you do the things that you could do back then now uh, it's never in the same way not after September 11th or anything like that we're talking right. about several dimensional shifts since then so i would i there was pl i think that i would be able to fill in a week to two weeks easily and just experiencing things and not missing the cell phone at all especially if you know you have a uh, you have a um, a pickup time that's coming for you in two weeks you're getting taken back to 2023 again yeah i would just be anxious the whole time that there wasn't gonna be a pickup time that I, like i'm like if, if it's possible that i'm here now it's like what if like it malfunctions and we were getting exactly. stuck in 1995 that sounds like a worse fate 
right now, as 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 warmly as we talk about the '90s, because that's just like that was our decade of really growing up. The 2000s was when we started getting some personal agency because we started doing the band stuff and all that, whatever. But imagine it's almost like this titan, you know, going down under the water. All of a sudden, you're oh yeah, you're you're, you're in a a completely alien world because the ocean is like you are on a, on an alien planet. You're in an alien world, and all of a sudden, your life is snuffed out, and you have just been put through a juicer instantaneously. And then, but imagine going back to 1995, saying, "Wow, I'm gonna, I'm gonna breathe the 1995 air again, and things are just gonna be, this is gonna be incredible." And all of a sudden, you missed a pickup spot, or something went wrong, and all of a sudden, you're stuck in 1995. Uh. What kind of a nightmare would? For as much as we talk about the past, what kind of a nightmare would it be? That'd be a, a big nightmare. Yeah, there'd also be some uh, some paradoxical things going on there too, because you you would be eight years old somewhere, and right. and thirty five, thirty six year old you is also now stuck. I know. In nineteen ninety five, you what you then what do you do? Because the only chance you would, if you really was no way of going back, the only chance you have is to confront yourself as a child. Or to at least wait. You have to stand. You have to stand back. You have to go in into hiding, and you cannot. You literally have to live like a hermit until you reach just about the age you were the day before you left. Right. Then you have to tell them. And you yeah, have to say, stop. "Dude, look, don't. I've been waiting. <laughs> you, you would you, look. Seriously, you would have to wait nearly thirty years." Not touching anything or talking to anyone because you don't want to start some kind of a butterfly effect that fucks everything up anyway. You would have to find a way to survive 30 years to to jump to you know to, to wait until you get out of the, the studio one night over here a couple of days ago and say, Aunt, don't do it. I've been waiting 30 years to tell you don't do it. And then in that instant. If we if we if we go by the linear rules of um, linear rules of Back to the Future, in that instant, your thirty years of of torment and isolation would just disappear, and it would never have happened because you would have prevented it. Huh. So, that's if we're playing the linear time game, which of course I'm going to get a lot of multiverse pushback now, and. Um, <laughs> That's that. All right. Well, there's a little bit for you. So uh, 21st century consumer technologies are 20th century customer support. That is the real question. You let me know. All right. I got to talk to you just a little bit about this Russia stuff, and then I'll, 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 I promise I'll bring Anthony back. He, he can jump in if he wants, but uh, no pre- it just there's no pressure on him now. Um, I'll be here, I'll be, this will be me listening to it for the first time. So. Okay. All right. So I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this. Last night, we, it started popping off in the, the Gilded chat, and everybody's saying, whoa, there's a, a coup going on, there's, a, there's a, a convoy of Wagner Company uh, you know, military vehicles and 25,000 or so troops that it's going into Russia. They're taking things over, and they are, they're sick and tired. It's a, it's a Putin coup, and oh my God, they're arming up in Russia. There's going to be a confrontation. I'm like, Wow. First thing I say to myself is that's convenient. That's convenient. There's literally nothing stopping the uh, the Russians from from winning in Ukraine, and then suddenly there is a uh, a major a major 
so-called civil war with at least in the military ranks because that's what it was that's what we're talking about here and but at that time nobody was that it wasn't coming off on, on that there's so much putin had fled moscow he was seeking asylum in belarus um some people claim that putin was mortally wounded here's this one guy igor shushko sushko where the hell is it he said Putin's plane reportedly attempted to enter Kazakhstan airspace but was turned away. Kazakhstan President Tokayev commented the current events are Russian's, Russia's internal affair. And then it, it got community noted on Twitter. While the information is rapidly emerging on ongoing situation in Russia, this claim is unfounded. There is no verifiable reporting on this. The origin of the rumor is Igor himself. And Igor Sushko has a history of false reports for his com- commentary on the war in Ukraine. It, 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 everybody was just taking a hack at it. Everybody was taking a hack at it. And it didn't. the, the timing was enough just to be, well, that's weird. Bill Crystal, Bill Crystal, one of everybody's uh, favorite PNAC boys with the eyes that are too close together. He took the opportunity to just praise God that uh, Biden was president and not Trump for this trying time. Because of reasons, I'm sure. I don't know what the hell he's coming from. Uh, then we have a little bit on this. I had two two threads from clandestine, from war clandestine on Twitter. We'll go through. And then I want to get into the... Then we'll take your calls, see how everybody's doing on a Saturday night. We'll go into the Titanic thing when Anthony comes back in. And we'll have more time to spend with this on on Monday. So, um, Konstantin Kizin. If you want to watch a video on this later on that's less than 10 minutes long, Dr. Steve Turley did a really good breakdown on what's going on with the whole Wagner thing. But here's a little bit of, of background that I think might be helpful. I don't know how much of it is, in, is true in its entirety, but a lot of this seems consistent with... Uh, a lot of this seems to be consistently held information from people who are on all sides of the war and stuff like that. This guy, Konstantin, says a lot of people asking what's happening in Russia. Basically, for many years, Putin has been funding a mercenary company called Wagner and is using them for military operations in other countries, especially Syria and various African countries. During the course of the Ukraine war, there have been growing conflict between the Russian Ministry of Defense and the Wagner Group, which has also been fighting in Ukraine. After the taking of Bakhmut, the city in eastern Ukraine with heavy casualties, Wagner rotated to the weir, rear, rear. As they were withdrawing from the front, they claimed their path had been mined by Russian MOD forces. Bomb disposal engineers they sent to deal with this came under fire. Wagner returned fire and eventually detained a Russian army colonel who they beat up and recorded apologizing. The point is there has been a growing and increasingly kinetic conflict between mercenary unit and the Russian MOD. Now, last night, Wagner claimed its positions had been attacked with airstrikes launched by the Russian Ministry of Defense, and the response began moving toward, uh, and in response began moving toward Moscow in order to detain and execute Defense Minister Shogu and head of General Staff Gerizimov. Vladimir Putin, who has not commented on the conflict for months, has finally stepped up and declared this an armed, uh, armed mutiny. In the meantime, Wagner has seized control of a major city. Rostov on Don and shot down several Russian MOD helicopters. Now, uh, that's another thing that has been contested over the the course of the last 16 hours. The the helicopters that went down, 
Um, and then again, you know, what is really going on between this guy um, who is at the head of of Wagner and Putin? Because, let's see, what do we here have? I have a couple of things here I wanted to do. Um, some notes on Prigozhin. That's the guy at the, at the head of uh, Wagner. But as far as the Putin thing goes, I have some stuff I want to get around to. Because what actually what ended up happening, what we got uh, earlier on this morning, was this stuff for this, this, these real big denouncements from Putin. He's using the word traitor. We're using the word treason. This is treason. Um, it's, I mean, he was, he seemed pretty pissed. It seemed pretty real. So whatever the hell had brought it to this point, I don't know. But the, the way that it was being, it was being, um, acknowledged seemed pretty real and pretty severe. But then again, you just, you just don't know. Uh, we get a little bit here. Today, uh, I asked my, my I asked a few friends of mine. You know, what do you think about this? This was what we got from the from RT. According to Russian state media, major changes to the leadership of the Russian Ministry of Defense, including changes to the current defense minister Sergei Shogu and Army Chief of General Staff Val, uh, Valery Gerasimov, have reportedly been agreed upon in order to stop the march of the Wagner PMC group toward the capital of Moscow. These negotiations have also reportedly included the assured security of the Wagner Group. So, after all this was going on, they ended up maybe changing leadership that the Wagner Group, a bunch of mercenaries, did not like. This is when people started wondering whether or not this was a some sort of an operation just to purge dissent and to try to flush out dissent from within, uh, all all playing for the cameras and stuff like that. These negotiations are also reported to have included a stipulation that the majority of the Wagner PMC forces will be redeployed out of Russia and Ukraine to Africa. So, this Prigozhin guy is going to Belarus, and most of the the army or or the the Wagner group, the people who are fighting on the, you know, the, the, the troops, the, the, they are being let off too. So they're not going to be charged. Say, really? This, it built up like that. And then all of a sudden there's nothing. So here's what some uh, other people are saying. We'll go back to those threads. I said I had from war clandestine over here. Um, Putin speaks on Bergosian. Putin says we are witnessing treason, but there's no ongoing civil war. There was no men, uh, mention of danger to the Russian citizenry. There was no confirmed kinetic hostilities between PMC Wagner and Russian MOD. But Prigozhin wants a meeting. So very harsh, very harsh words, very harsh things being said and denouncements made in this video by Putin. But on the other hand, there's really nothing that holds up to um, to support that there is a, a really crisis situation going on there. <clears throat> Russian MOD put out multiple statements pertaining to Prigozhin, stating that Prigozhin's claims of combat are untrue and an informational prov uh, provocation, urging Wagner leadership to stand down. Meanwhile, Russian MOD continues operations in Ukraine. What jumps out to clandestine, he says, is that the Russian MOD and Russian state-sponsored media were very eager to tell us that Ukraine uh, were using uh, this provocation to push back uh, in Bakhmut. 
almost urging Ukraine to make an, uh, an attack. To me, this looks like bait. So people were wondering, all right, well, obviously, what we do know is that you can trust the Russian state media at least as much as you can trust Western media. All right, they're all going to have their their uh, their own interests in mind. They're all playing psychological warfare on each other because the media and the the I mean the public is where all this plays out. And you want to be able to feign attacks and and uh, juke people out and stuff like that. So this is why I've just been consuming everything and talking with friends and opening up the lines, hopefully to some of you guys, and we'll see what you think because. Um, it can't be what it, what they say it was. Obviously, so many people took a swing and, and missed pretty quickly in very uh, easily confirmed ways. So everybody's swinging and missing, but this, is, this has got to be something else. Now, here is another follow-up to that. Clendestine goes and says this. Let me get this straight. Rogozhin, who is fully funded by the Russian government, is close with Putin and engaged in disinformation psyops like no ammo in Bakhmut says crazy shit and the Ukrainian folks didn't even consider the possibility that it was uh, it was Russian disinformation there was no civil war there is no casualties it was just Prigozhin being batshit crazy like he always is and right back to the front lines after his outburst what do I think I think Prigozhin is working with Putin as usual to accomplish any number of goals what did Putin gain the disguise of the movement of mass quantities of his troops the appearance of what uh, being weak to bait Ukraine to attack, they did and lost outside of uh, uh, Bakhmut again, and he weeded out any traitors who might have tried to join with Prigozhin. What did Putin ultimately lose? Nothing. There was no civil war, no civilians in danger, and now the country and the public are galvanized around him. Now the NAFO turds will be on to the uh, next thing. And right back to hating Prigozhin and Wagner, they will forget that they uh, briefly worshipped the man who took their beloved Bakhmut from them, just like they did with Bel uh, Bel uh, Belgorod. Now, that's another good point there, because I don't know too much about the Prigozhin guy. Um, you know, when, whenever Putin goes out there and does a some sort of a uh, speaking engagement somewhere or he's engaging on any number of topics that are hot at the time we usually go and listen to that we cover a lot of Putin's public public statements because A, they're important they are relevant and nobody in the media is going to cover them so we have to go out and find it yourself so um, <clears throat> even though we cover him a lot, I haven't watched a lot of the Purgosian guy but apparently he's known for saying this kind of crazy shit and always kind of like being a openly insubordinate kind of character who's nuts and criticizing Moscow all the time and it's just kind of one of those it goes on and on like one of those George Steinbrenner Billy Martin kind of relationships where one day they're fighting and the next day they've made up and they've accomplished something they've accomplished something together when you think that they're just about to have their head on a chopping block so this could just be next level kabuki theater because everything in the United States sucks right now especially the kabuki theater the Russians still have a, a reason to be uh sharp-dressed men out there. I, I don't know. It could be next-level theater. But again, why? And that's, a, that's a good question. I'm most interested in your theories on that, and we'll make it... Um, we'll take those into the new week. But as far as the CIA, where do they come in? You know, And, and also, people were, were wondering, why is this going on? What is the real thing? Prigozhin gets exiled to Belarus. 
He'll not be charged. His troops that took part in the so-called coup, they're not going to be charged as well. The Russians put on a show for somebody. I, I guess they could put on a show for the whole world, the U.S., NATO, Ukraine. But why put on the show at all? There's a few things right there that, that clandestine said I think is uh, really interesting. They make a lot of sense. Some say it was set up to weed out the dissent. But if that were the case, why not charge the troops who marched? Did everybody know? Maybe they did. And even though we cover uh, that other stuff, I'd like to know where the CIA comes in. Obviously, you have Western media. They gleefully did their thing. But um, how about the coups and insurrections crowd? That was an interesting one, too. Everybody loved this insurrection. They loved it. Even though the guy is, like, farther to the right than, than Putin. So let's say this was an actual coup and he took over Moscow or whatever the hell they thought was going on. What did they think was going to be the end result of that? But only trained SEALs who just have been um, given this neo-Cold War programming to just upchuck every time they hear the word Putin as if it's the worst you can get anywhere. Nobody understands that. Stephen King doesn't understand that. Then people say that that maybe the $6.2 billion, the rounding error that they found at the Pentagon the other day, that was repackaged and sent to Ukraine, may have actually been a part of some sort of an effort to pay Wagner to betray Putin. So did Prigozhin contact Putin to say, hey, I've been offered a deal. How do we screw them together? Could that be it? I don't know. It will be truly um, something just to sit back and watch what happens this week, though. This week will be good. What does Stephen King say? Stephen King's just, um, I think it was just like um, something like you, you reap what you sow, Putin, or oh. something like that. He, he's, an, he's a truly an idiot. I, I mean, what, I mean what, the, the words he has put to paper over, his, over uh, the, the, the course of his life has been impressive. But he's, he's an idiot with the face of a frog. That's the thing. You can anyone could say something that simple, and it will just get it will just blow up. You're like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's the nature of social media. It draws it out of you. Say something right now. Just say something. Be right. a part of it. I don't know. I, I had a one a, one guy, a friend of mine. He wrote to me. He said, Frank, military expert Dima from Belarus says the coup was a psyop to give Vladimir more power. To declare martial law and mass mobilization, which will be needed when Russia attacks the NATO bases. So there, there's a uh, that's a pretty big that's a pretty big prediction right there. And you tell me that won't get thermonuclear, hypersonic, and uh, and tactically nuclear. All right. Well, we'll talk about that more later. But we have some time to talk with you now. Nine one four. 200-0269. We will take your calls until the bottom of the hour, and then from about, you know, around uh, around 10.30, Anthony and I will take a break and then watch this Titanic thing together, and that's how we'll round it all out. 914-200-0269. 21st century consumer technology versus 20th century customer service. What would you do? Anything you want to talk about with this? Anything that you missed out on commenting this week? It's Saturday night. And I'd like to get some calls in. So let's see what the hell it all it all amounts to. 
Um, and there's some other thing I wanted to, to show you. Uh, no, I guess that's it. I guess that's it. You know what? Then let's put the, 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 the divider right there. We're going to take a break. When we come back, your calls and everything else, Super Chats, don't go anywhere. Wow. So you would rather be singing sea shandies with the boys than spending time and having sex with me? I swear, you never have any time for me. What is your... Oh, problem? I bid farewell to the port and the land And I paddle away from brave England's white sands To search for my long-ago forgotten friends To search for the place I hear all sailors end as the souls of the dead fill the space of my mind I'll search without sleeping till peace I can find I fear not the weather, I fear not the sea I remember the fallen, do they think of me When their bones in the ocean forever will be Howdy, friend. You looking for a message board? Go to quitefrankly.tv and enter the forum. Engage with official show topic threads or start your own thread. Get signed up. It's that easy. And it's not Reddit, so don't sweat it. For the forum and then so much more, it's quitefrankly.tv. Yeehaw. Hey, Mike. I know you got a lot of problems downtown, but I've got a couple of problems with the house I wish you could take care of. One, I've got some cats parking in front of the house. I can't get office, and that garbage truck next to the office. So what I need is a red zone. It's a simple thing you can take care of. Honey, honey would you come here a minute, please? Nine one four two hundred oh two six nine. It's me. It's Anthony. We can talk about anything, and it's a Friday. It's a Saturday night in June. Getting some work in on a Saturday night. It'll. I can't wait to test out. I'm going to do a Saturday night from the 
the new office at some point over the next maybe five to six weeks it's still gonna be a while let's take a call 252 you're on the air what's up frank hey how you doing uh sorry to turn the show off it's all right so i think i'd rather uh, deal with 20th century people you know maybe not the customer service part of it but so you would let's give up take it back the way people were back in the day you'd say you say you know what bring let's we can dial the clock back on all the technology that we're using today i want to be around 20th century customer service yeah that's right okay everything goes back analog you got the uh the way people used to be the way people treated each other before social media and they could hide behind a keyboard it would do uh it, it would be an incredible cut well, i don't know i don't know I mean, we can't say that quality of life was worse because we had less things. It's just that it, we're, we're talking about the revival of industries that have been extinct. The, you know how you say you go back farther enough in time, you can be able to be around and observe an animal that's been extinct for some time, a mammoth somewhere, a, a liger somewhere, the, the Tasmanian whatchamacall or another you know you can go back and you can hang out with the dodo birds and, and you can see things that are around then that aren't around anymore in this respect it would be like going back and seeing old industries ways of doing things jobs that are i mean toll booth attendants think about think about that i mean that's like that's like seeing a dodo bird at this point i know that there are toll booth attendants still out there in this i mean i know it's still out there but around here i I mean, th that used to be uh, a career, and now it's all easy yeah. pass. Yeah, my job would suck without some of the technology, but I don't know. Yeah, well, that's, I a, don't know. that's a good one. All right, anything else you want to add? Uh, when are you going to do the live music, um, the concert, favorite concert venue, and I, I think, all that's red? I think I might be doing that this week. Or and, and I also think I might, or maybe right the day before or the day after, um, 4th of July, too. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at that, and I'm looking at the a good night to do summer carnivals and um, and and stories and memories from the county fair. That's going to be a great subject, too, because there's so many people who have already contributed to it. So it, it's coming up, because now I was just waiting for it to be summer before we got into the, the concert, favorite concerts, and, um, and, the, and the nostalgia stuff for the summertime season, so... Gotcha, gotcha. All right, man. Right on. Red Rocks is the best concert venue. Which one? Red Rocks in in Colorado, Denver. Ain't you ever been there? I've heard of it. Oh yeah. I mean, I've seen I've, yeah. I've seen I've seen footage of it. Never been there. Oh okay. Well uh, then, that's like a bucket list venue for a lot of musicians. Okay. Yeah, I'm huge into uh, a band called Widespread Panic, and they uh, they have the most sold out shows there than any other band. So I've seen them there a few times. I actually moved to Denver because of the venue being there. So I, I lived there for a couple of years. Um, it's just a, it's, it's a badass place. It's a, a, a natural, uh, natural amphitheater. People just walked up to it one day. And like, oh, we got to do this. Oh, it's, oh, it's outside. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a horse of a different color. I love outside venues. I always wanted to play at one. Thanks for the call, man. Yeah, no worries. Have a good night, bud. Yeah. Uh, to play at an amphitheater, that'd be great. Let's do. Uh, let's take a call from Terry. What's going on, Terry? Hey, what's up, man? How you been? Good, man. Uh, got a good story for you here uh, about your. Uh, uh, I got Progressive Insurance, and I moved from California out to Georgia. 
in the past uh, two weeks, and uh, I cha- I had to for me in order to get a, a Georgia State license, I had to have insurance and stuff. So I changed my progressive and left California. Had to change uh, the uh, the state. Uh-huh. And I was due I was due a refund of $183 from my California uh, insurance to Georgia and it never came in my bank and I had to keep calling them and calling them and saying hey what's going on with this you know let's get this shit over uh-huh and uh, so they finally uh, after calling several times, they finally put it in my bank. So uh, I prefer talking to somebody on the phone instead of the automated crap. Okay. Well, damn, that was a very, very long way of getting around to that point. <laughs> okay. So you think that the $180 discrepancy that you had in your long, arduous journey out of being a California citizen would not have been the way if you had just had some 20th century customer support? Correct. Oh, okay. I would rather take that uh, any day. And, and as far as anything, bill pay. I mean, we pay everything online, whatever. And uh, but let me tell you, okay. Georgia is a beautiful state. Well, yeah. enjoy yourself out yeah. there. Enjoy yourself out there, Terry. I'm happy for all transitions in life. Of course, you know, not the sex transition stuff. But, you know, going from California to Georgia, boy. All right, let's see. Let's see what else we got out there. Uh, Eric, you're on the show. What's going on? Frankie. How you doing? Hey, Eric, man. Oh, it's good. Oh, it's good to hear from you again, Eric. How you been? Everything's good, brother. You know, just out here smashing the highways and byways in California, working. So you're not leaving. Same old shit. You haven't left. You're you're uh, you're you're holding it down in California. What's on your mind tonight? Not much, man. Just wanted to call and say what's up. You know. It's been a while. It All really the has been. That's been going on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. Just want to say what's up, man. Say hi to everybody. Hope all is well. Hey, and, do, you, uh, do you see any? Pushing. Have you ever seen any, Eric? I know you spend a lot of your time, a lot of your life, near big cities. But um, have you ever seen or heard anybody that report a Bigfoot-like creature inside? of an urban area you know why is it we always hear about big creatures that are in uh i, I guess it's easier for them to hide in forests but if so many of them are of a a different kind of interdimensional nature then why don't they do this in big cities they're, they're pretty much just like concrete forests right i mean who knows man they probably are fucking lurking around these, all these homeless motherfuckers around here <laughs> It's a good disguise for them, but I don't know, man. I always wondered I mean, about I do that. Go out, I go camping and stuff, you know, out in, in forests, but I've never seen anything crazy. Well, I, we have heard about the, the, the giant alligators in the sewers. I've heard about that in, in cities, that there's alligators in the sewers. Um, so I guess, I guess that kind of stuff does happen, but there must be some kind of portal vortex stuff going on inside of cities like they do in the uh, the, the missing 411 stuff and that's what I really wanted to talk about with uh, David Politis whether or not any of that stuff 
any of the things that he finds in the woods can be trans uh, can be traced over to city living as well. I don't know why you calling up right now made me think of this, Eric. I'm sorry. It's all good, brother. You know, you know, I, I live in L.A., so that's probably why I just ran across your mind. But yep. yeah, dude, I never see shit like that, man. You know, the craziest thing that's ever happened over here by us and my little city is uh i don't know if you recall that reggie alligator in the lake over here in la that somebody let loose no he was running the muck over here for a little while they, they named him reggie the alligator i didn't know about that <laughs> but yeah. i didn't hear about that yeah, I, I would have heard about an alligator in california but dude man it's uh yeah. it's, it's good to hear from you again all the best to you on a saturday night do the same my brother all right take care we will all right more calls. Let's do it. Beverly, what's going on? Oh, wait. wait sorry. Oh, wait. Beveril or Beverly? Just Bev is fine. Okay, Bev. Okay, you got it. Go right ahead, Bev. <laughs> okay, well, I'll turn my stream off here. Yes. Hey, what's going on? Hey. Frank? Yes. Frank? Hey, Bev. Hey, Frank. Hey, I worry, baby. <laughs> I worry, baby. I worry a lot. I worry a lot. What's going on, Bev? How you know, doing? You know where I am, right? No. We're in Lake Luzerne. We're in the summer mode. You're in where? We're in the summer mode of Lake, Lake Luzerne, Glens Falls. Oh, right? oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. yes. With the art, with the art oh gallery. Oh, my God. With the art gallery, yeah. 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 Anthony, yep. Yep. Uh, thank you. You remember when we went to? Uh, she lives right next to the, uh, and actually she has an art gallery right next to that that gun shop that we went to. Did you go with us to buy guns that time? In up in the mountains. Yeah. 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 She, she lives. Oh, she, cool. She knows that exact place that we went to go buy the guns. Yeah. Oh, right. Anyway, Bev, yeah. I'm glad you got through. Yeah. Go Hi. ahead. Oh, thank you, thank you. You know, I'm a little more stable now. I think maybe, but. Oh my God, this is blow my mind. But you triggered me when you were talking about uh, early on the, um, you know, commu communicating, you know, the human touch. And it was like, I said to myself, no, no. It's a human touch all the way, customer service, customer service. Oh, yes. And I'm a business owner and I, I serve my community and it's like, I will never go. I've got an online website, but I will never go. It's all about the, the human touch right now. And you can't like go into the transhumanism or whatever well, Bev, right now. I got, well, I, I yeah, gotta, go I gotta jump in there just for a second because the, here's the thing I, I understand. And like I said before, because we have all these technologies, it does not mean that there aren't uh, sole proprietors or mid to large or even big companies that don't really have fantastic customer service still. But, um, mm -hmm. It is a self, it is a little self defeating if you don't engage if you don't if you, especially if you're in business for yourself. Oh. You need to Oh no no no. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, there's a balance, but what we are being pushed right now is to the extreme. So, you know, there is definitely a balance. I value my website and I value, you know, I I've, I've got to deal with all of this and I'm an artist. I really don't want to, but I'm really pretty good at it. But in the meantime, it's like 
the human touch is the most important thing is like you know you yeah. know live you know interaction well, and um I, I that was a long time ago in this podcast and then you you were just talking about something else and i'm like totally like entertained and triggered and well, I'm glad you got. I'm glad you got through. I really am. I'm glad you got through. Thank you. Yeah. Thank I, you. I knew what happened. Yeah. See. So you got through, and and it was uh, perfect. Something you related to, and it, and best thing is, it's on topic. You didn't call in and propose uh, to open up a, a cosmic can of worms in a five minute call, and you just you stuck to the topic. That was great. Thank you for calling in, Bev, and we'll talk oh, soon. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. I love you, and I appreciate you so much. Thanks. I Have a good night, everybody. You too. Good yeah. night. There you have. So we're. I'm glad I put that thread out there. Let's see. We'll do a couple more of these, and I want to watch this Titanic thing with you. Hey, David, you out there, David? I'm out of here. What's going on? Well, I wanted to just holler at Frank and ask him a question. You got it. Hold on one second. Surely. Hello, David. You there? I am. Oh, welcome to the show. Good to have you on. Frank. Yes, my man. All right, sir. Here's the question I have for you. Okay. Everyone now understands the sub exploded on Sunday. Yes. Why on God's green earth did we not find out about it until four days later? Isn't that, a cra- isn't that incredible? Y- you know, d- Could that... Could that have been a distraction so that nobody was paying attention to what was going on with, let's say, Adam Schiff's censure? Well, or the, 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 the Hunter Biden's trial. The, the, definitely the whistleblowers, the whistleblower, uh, the whistleblowers that, that how that caused a lot of problems for the DOJ. I mean, the 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 IRS whistleblowers are that was terrible. There's a few other things that happened last week there too, and just like you said right now, everybody would say, well, hey. One thing is a distraction, one is another. What what the hell's going on here? And it, it the, the real thing is that p- things are happening all around us at any time. And a lot of them are just happening because that's what it is. Now, when it, it, there's nothing else attached to it. It wasn't done because of a distraction. But now when you look at this and you see that at, over the course of four days when we were given this ridiculous death clock, this morbid-ass death clock that everybody is that thinking of. All the media time. Oh, yeah. Nine, 90 hours. We're counting down all of the breathing, all the the ability for five oh, yeah. people, you know? Hour by hour. So when you know that the Navy knew within uh, an hour and a half into their trip, and they milked this death clock, and they dragged five families along for the ride, I mean, there you have it. That was That was the distraction. But it was uh, commandeered. You know, the, you took something that was ridiculous that should have never happened, and uh, and then you 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 draw it out. Now, was there actually a sub? That's what people say. Because big question, <laughs> big question. <laughs> because it's too. That was too. If there was no sub and there was absolutely no people in there, then you're talking about a ninety-hour 
a 90 hour uh, the time frame there where you have attracted so much attention and there is so much symbolism behind the actual uh, the submersible itself where it's going all the occult history of the Titanic and all that shit and the fact that it was all happening on the week of a solstice so whether or not there was actually five lives that were lost or not it's all very symbolic timing it's all very and and there's also the geopolitical distraction that is obviously what it was when you know that for four days these people were already dead and they continue to stick with that clock and they they knew it and drug it out on purpose Uh so hopefully somewhere in the future we find out where the ties were that goes back to the sinking of the Titanic and the sacrifice of the people, Titanic and sub, and how it all relates together to just screw with our brain cells yet again. Yeah, you know what the other thing there too is, and thank you for the call, David. It's a great call. I don't know... um, I still, I still can't really follow. There's a lot of occult history around the Titanic, the people who were on there, the people who died there. Um, their, uh, their. I mean, they weren't the only ones that were opposed to the formation of the of the central bank. They were definitely big players in the world and the American economy and all that stuff. But the, um, they weren't the only ones opposed to it. Very symbolic, though. That they made April 15th tax day, eventually after that. And not only that, but the, the there, there's that book from 1898. It was in, um, we talked about it on the blog. I think it was World War Truth. No, no, it's not World War Truth. Hold on a second. Wait a second. Let me tell you. Ar- the uh, Arms Race for Ideas. The part two, right here. On quite frankly.tv, the arms race of ideas. Part one was all about the free silver movement and the Wizard of Oz. The the symbolism, not the MK, we 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 didn't want to do the MK Ultra symbolism in uh, in Wizard of Oz. We were talking about the free silver movement symbolism in the in the in the Wizard of Oz, and that tied into part two, which was a Titanic conspiracy, and. Um, there you go. The Aster is being lost. The Strauss is lost on the Titanic. And how that coincided with the emergence of the federal bank, uh, the, the central bank. But here's the other thing, too. Let me get into, where is it? Farther down here. Wait. Here you go. Most people have already, have never heard. Oh, wait. I'll pull it up here. John Jacob Astor. Isidore Strauss, Benjamin Guggenheim were three of the wealthiest men in the world at the time. They had amassed their fortunes outside of banking. All three were vehement opponents of the Federal Reserve Act, and all three perished aboard the RMS Titanic, which sank in the early hours of April 15, 1912. Their death seemed very convenient for those who stood to benefit from the Federal Reserve, like J.P. Morgan. They became suspicious. I think Morgan was actually supposed to be on that maiden voyage of the Titanic, but um, decided to leave with his mistress to France or something like that. It was one of those uh, Silverstein moments, I guess you could say. (laughs) They become suspicious, however, when we learn Morgan owned the ship as well as the manufacturing company that built her. Morgan was also booked to sail on Titanic maiden voyage but canceled the day before she departed. Once disaster struck, the crew was shocked to learn 
They had no red flares to send distress signals to nearby ships, only white flares used for celebrations. There are many other oddities about the sinking which suggested a conspiracy, but most eerie one deserves special attention. Most people have probably never heard of Morgan Robertson, author of Futility or The Wreck of Titan. In his 1898 book, it's about a luxury ocean liner which sank in the North Atlantic after colliding with an iceberg near midnight in April. Deemed unsinkable by the experts, the Titan was not equipped with enough light boats for all of her passengers, most of whom went down with the ship as a result. Coincidence? If not, how? The fictional Titan, which is now full circle, it's the latest craft, an actual Titan craft went down to go check out the Titanic. So it started off with the publishing of the Titan. The Titanic in 1912 goes and fulfills what was written on those pages to a a great degree. And then 111 years later, they had a Titan going down to check out the wreck of the Titanic. And it just, uh, it gets turned into a, I don't know, one of those carnival pennies. The fictional Titan of the novel has several more similarities to the Titanic, so much so the book is reminiscent of Ingersoll Lockwood's Baron Trump's marvelous underground journey. With respect to the latter's seeming to predict a future event or vice versa, it also fits the future proves past theory adhered to by some. As a uh, side note, three years after the Titanic sank, Robertson was found dead in his hotel room due to an alleged drug overdose. You don't hear about that a lot back then. Anyway, that um, that was another little synchronicity there. The, the, the Titan was the name of the ship that was written about in 1898 in that, that Morgan Robertson book, Wreck of the Titan, which was eerily similar to what happened to the Titanic. So what do you think about that, Ant? He wasn't. He wasn't on the on the ship. I thought he was on the ship. No, who? who? The guy who, who wrote it. Oh no 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 no. He he oh. he, he wrote that book, um, sixteen years before the Titanic sank. <laughs> wow. You know, um, or or what? Fourteen years before it sank. So it's uh it's nutty. The whole you can call it predictive programming, but my oh my, how the hell is that good? That that's a little bit more creepy than all the stuff that the, the Simpsons have ripped off. Now listen to this. A couple of this. A couple of minutes of this. The Alchemical Ritual of the Titan 2023 by Donut Factory on, on YouTube. Take a listen to some of these. I think it was really well done and I love when people put together these nice tight little compilations. Uh, this is less than nine minutes long. That's so much better when people send me three hour episodes. I know. I host a show that's two hours a night. But that just means that I'm locked up in producing that show for the next day, and it's harder for me to listen to a three-hour episode of something um, than most people. So I, this is what I really love when I find these. Take a listen to this. What what are we witnessing, bro? Is this a ritual that we're witnessing, or what? It is connected to a summer solstice ritual. Catastrophic end to the Titan submersible went missing while on a journey to see remains of the Titanic. Whenever you see something in the mainstream media, 
and people are taking it and passing it along where where attention goes energy flows and we have here this worm that allegedly king solomon had right and it's this worm that can eat through stone after the destruction of the temple it I've, looks just like it I believe is how the lore goes <laughs> the worm disappeared right it was it, it went away it lost its magic it looks eerily similar to the submersible the 19 year old victim was suleiman it's arabic version of solomon so i was like wait what james cameron how he, he keeps talking about how he's been to the titanic wreckage 33 times so you have the 33 in there i just found it so odd right the titans they are imprisoned in a cavity underneath tartarus right and what happened to this submersible the titan disappeared at the bottom of the ocean now i think i, I that's why i love this kind of stuff but the the uh, james cameron stuff a very masonic 33 but this the suleiman the 19 year old kid that's the worst part about this now when you if you talk about the the actual human lives lost if there was a sacrificial component to this and not just a uh, uh not just a uh, i don't know not just a big spectacle that's there to capture and harvest people's attention that's always something in itself they can grab people's attention they can manifest things that's just what it's all uh, it all is but um but if that kid i heard i read at least somewhere that his mother had said that he didn't want to go on he was nervous about going but he really he his father wanted him to go and and he, i guess he wanted to make his father happy and that uh um, father's day what for father's, for father, day. For father's day yeah so come see the titanic with me on father's day and that's just uh crazy if that really is part of a, a sacrificial aspect of this then you have the story of the titan was it the twin of the titanic which way did mason go simpsons talking about it supposedly they predicted it 17 years ago 17 is also a number in pythagoreanism a lot of things i don't know it's just it's just odd the titanic is linked to quite literally the creature of jekyll island and the federal reserve so it all comes full circle in my opinion five victims were lost so five people died and that's the pentagram the five slain during the charles manson beverly home invasion jack the ripper the five women ritualistically killed the zodiac killer the five people right there a sacrificial element and it took place on the summer solstice when they all passed away well a couple of these names need uh need some of their deep now that that right there is not totally accurate because they died on Sunday and when the solstice came around in the middle of the week it's when I uh, essentially their deaths were announced but they had already been gone for three or four days so there's a little thing I, I, I love like I said this is about eight minutes long we can't watch the whole thing but I do want to take some more calls from you guys let's just go for another minute tales drawn out into the light here you know James Cameron is a JC so we have a you know it's also a one three one three is the M it's the middle letter of the alphabet it's the liminal space also Solomon it's spelled very interestingly it's not like your classic spelling it's S-U-L-E-M-A-N I believe mm -hmm. and so like what Sulman. I so you can extract the uh the lima out of the middle of there and that's the the moon pillar and the remaining letters as they stand spell sun so you pull out the luma from his name and what is remaining is s-u-n so now you have your 
two pillars of a Masonic tracing board. You got your sun pillar and your moon pillar in his name. Yeah, I think that life imitates art, right? Because you have all these shows. Reminds me of the story of Jack Parsons and his little crew, right? The Suicide Squad over at JPL. And everything that happened in the story kind of came true in real life. So they're, they were practicing this sort of mimetic magic back then, but they were doing kind of sort of what's happening now with The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're at right now. I'd like to take some calls with the last couple of minutes of the, what we have here together on a Saturday night. There's that. It, is been a, it has been a week of edge of your seat psychological operations things are happening but the uh the eye of sauron is pointing on oh man i mean we're being led all around between the the sub and between the last 16 hours in russia let's take a call jacob you there i am here what's, what's going on so so Got my pants off watching the show tonight. Good. Good. Eat some pizza with my fire flake on it. Nice. Just enjoying the show. Good. Now, before you start eating, oh. tell me what's on your mind. Well, I like how uh, Anthony's rocking the cute aggression shirt tonight. Oh yeah. You I, know, you know Anthony's shirt. <clears throat> this is the, you, you, that's one of his uh one of the the bigger things that has popped off from his uh, his channel this year. But Anthony's shirt was generated by AI. It is, yeah. And this is where oh, I was really? Oh yeah. So this is this, what I'm talking yeah. about. We're there's so many opportunities so many opportunities. <laughs> this image. This image is AI. And there's another one. There's a there's a dog image too. That that was just put out. Where do they where do they sell those? You you have it on uh, ten secondsongs.com. Okay. And there's a merch section? Yeah. I think I'll check those out. And I can't wait. I have to redo all what we have. Jacob, on to you again. So give us your, your thought for the evening. So honestly, I would definitely go for the twentieth century customer service. Okay over the 21st century technology how now what what do you think the trade because that's a big that's a big thing to say okay in a snap let's go back to this and i'm i know what i'm sacrificing but that's it have you given any thought to how your life would be immediately impacted by the loss of those technologies would your would your job change at all not currently actually i work with a local farmer in town we uh, do pickling and canning at a little locally sourced like market little grocery shop locally in town so well that's I mean, great we we kind of run some of our stuff off of the internet like with our payroll and everything but I mean, customer service so all face to face so it's i feel like it wouldn't be a hard transition and and you know what somebody in your line of work if you're doing things like that especially your farming uh, if a lot of your your concentration is providing services for uh local communities things like that you're a little bit more from farm to table kind of stuff uh, and and it's localized i can see why that would be the easiest transition for people in those lines of work because it's not uh it's not dependent on on my, like me i would love that uh that 20th century that 20th century uh you know social cohesion 
because I think that customer service is tied into all types of other social um, social situations that we're living through right now. And um, I think social cohesion would be amazing. But on the other hand, man, my, my entire life would be different, everything about it. And I don't know if that would be worth it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially when it comes to, like, the social aspect of it, like, our our society was just so much different, like, with analog and everything, like, you actually had to have that face-to-face interaction. But you know what, man? I I think that you, people like you, are already in that situation where you have the best of both worlds. Because you you do are, you are dealing with people, you're getting to know them very personally, um, being that connected to to localities like that, especially in in food production and all that, I, I guess I guess you already have that, or oh, no? Yeah. Maybe you don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, you get to, you definitely get to know the community. I mean, we're we're out in Indiana. We're kind of near one of the bigger cities, but just outside, kind of in a smaller town. That's kind of well. Not too, not too That's far good. away from the city, but you get to know the people in the town, and you got your regulars. All right. Well, listen, you and the regulars, you have yourself a good night, and thank you for the call, my friend. All right. Thanks, Frank. Have a good night. All right. Take care. Let's go and take a call from Ricardo. What's going on, Ricardo? Hey, how you doing, Frank? I'm doing all right. Welcome to the show. Uh, got a couple of things real quick, but uh, I'm going to be really, really quick. Okay. About the whole technology, I would definitely go back to the 20th century. I miss, like, having to go to, like, J.T. Penny, for example. You know, you're and, right. And standing in line for, like, a Ticketmaster booth to, like, release a ticket. <laughs> and so you're, like, you know, waiting there for, like, 30 minutes or so to an hour rather than, like, getting online right away just so that all tickets are sold out by some scalper. Right. You know, so that's definitely a huge thing for me. Ticketmaster, I don't know anybody else who would who would think about sitting on Ticketmaster lines as a nostalgic. We've done it a, f- a couple of times, but... Um, but that first one, what was the first one you said again? It was it was the... J.C. Penny. You know what I miss yeah. about J.C. Penny or walking into a Bloomingdale's or something like that? It's usually walking through the menswear and all that and actually smelling like the, the leathers. I love the, you know, am I on speakerphone over there? Because there's a bad bleed over. No, no, no. Okay. I, I was, in, I was in, the, in my bedroom. I, I miss smelling like leather leather things and also the, the the mix of colognes and stuff like that that's something and then especially when you go there for christmas shopping and there's the poinsettias all over the place and the garlands and i oh man those, those are some those are some great memories great memories just being dragged around by my mom and my grandparents for christmas shopping not really having any choice in what we were doing man those are some some great memories now I was dragging my mom to take me to go get the concert tickets. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the other thing you got? Uh, the, other, the other thing real quick, uh, I was watching this, uh, this not a podcast, but it's a show on, on YouTube and uh, called Probably Alexandra, and she's talking about just like, you know, the music scene, how it's all just completely been, uh, you know, changed into more demonic and 
uh, kind of music and just like how rappers are just like mumbling and everything like that. And then she says that they're taking away from like the real talent and she brings up your brother. I know. I, I was waiting for I was I knew what you I knew what you were getting at there because when I was watching that that is probably Alexandra's uh it's a two hour video she did it's called an inconvenient history and I played it Which on show was that it, it it was an amazing like you know research that she did yeah. I, I, I love it. I've watched it more than a couple of times. I put it on the network a couple of times, and I have tried to reach out to her because I'm I'm scanning through, I'm scanning through her that video right now to see if I can see Anthony's face pop up on screen because it was really <laughs> awesome. I'm listening to this for the first time, and then all of a sudden there's Anthony. Yeah, you sent it to me. <laughs> I sent and I sent it to Anthony. I said, "Yo, check it, check this out. You're in here." So yeah. You're right. No, I wanted to send you that like so long ago, and I was like, "Oh my god, he's gonna be like, what the hell?" <laughs> okay, I think I found I think I found the spot right here. Let me go try to uh, to play it, Ricardo. Thank you for the call, man. Absolutely, man. God bless. All right, take care. Hold on. Let's see it. It's probably uh, it's around the thirty-six minute mark. The experts are pay attention to who is in these top positions, who gets road scholarships academic positions, media coverage, or is seen as an expert in any field. Look who gets their books published, their songs played, their clothes worn. Their people are often placed in prominent positions when thousands of better candidates are overlooked. For example, here's a clip of non-establishment <laughs> YouTuber Anthony of 10 Second Songs. Oh God, so embarrassing. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please turn it off, please. And here's establishments. But, but hey, that's a that's a uh, that's a great nod, though. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, no. So it, totally. I remember when I saw that, I said, "Dude, go to the thirty-six something mark." And um, totally, yeah. That's a uh, so that that you were used as an example of not not being a uh, a sock puppet. That's uh, that's good. Let's see who else we got here. Uh, Kay, what's going on, Kay Kozdron? You said my name on national radio. Oh, that's your last name. That's my last name. Oh, okay. I thought that was like a screen, a screen name, or, or and it's all reversed and there's an underscore in it. I thought it was like a Twitter <laughs> or something. I don't know. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. That's okay. Probably people won't know who I am anyways. Yeah. So, okay. Kay from Antarctica is calling in here. Nobody knows who yeah, she is. Yeah, that's or... it. Kay, Kay from Antarctica. Okay. Um, what I was going to say is I would go back to the 20th century customer service, but I would not want to deal with the mean um, clients because some of them would have been pretty nasty. In, in the 20th century? No, like the back 20th century not the forward the back okay Sorry. got you got yeah. you so you you definitely want okay i, I get what you're saying there but I mean, you know yeah, here's the other thing customer service i'd have to imagine that customer service is doubly hard today because there is not the you know we on the other hand seeking the customer service we are spoiled brats who have short fuses of our own now and like it's a it's a tinderbox tinderbox situation where everybody's ready to, to bite each other's heads off. So I, I should throw that out there. I don't know, because when I used to work in customer service like at, at a young lad, 
I used to work at a grocery store, and every Christmas, people used to swear at me. Mm. So that's one part I would not miss. Even it's back, the, even the, what years are you talking about? Like 2005. Mm. Yeah, well, I used to have people wish me a wish me a fucking Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know, I there there is something about the holidays though that you have to say. There's a lot of people under stress in December yeah. every year. That is just going to be. I'm sure that the stress has gotten worse as the consumerism has taken that's over. True. The yeah. consumerism has is. I mean, that's taken over. People are overextending themselves in in December, buying a lot of yeah. things on credit now. And then, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and and then of course it's 2005. So if it's post 9/11, there's already something else that we're all carrying around with us. So no, that's, that's <laughs> but, a good valid point. But but you make a great point. You do that. Yeah. There's, there's and after this phone call, I'm gonna actually go online and actually get remove my last name. <laughs> okay. Well, listen. I, I don't think anybody's actually no, spelled think spelled so. it I mean, out. You didn't even pronounce it correctly, so that's even a bonus. See, you see. I from now on, and I'll tell you, I. I usually only pick out one name and I stick to it, one name and an area code just to identify people. But this, it, it had an underscore, it looked like a screen yeah, name. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You used to, when I used to call, it's actually Karina, I, I usually email you, but um, it's usually you say area code eight eight two five. but since you got your new um, setup. I think your numbers and names and stuff like that have been pretty wonky. I'm, I'm terrible. I, I know. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a much less... I'm in a much less um, solid spot when it comes to the, the telephones. I, I don't have any more bottlenecking or anything like that, but the ability yeah. to save people and edit them and make sure that I'm familiar with them the next time they call in, that has been totally... Uh, I've been rooked of that, and I hope that Zoom updates their phone systems. It's the easiest thing yeah. you think you'll be able to do. All right, well, thanks for the call, Karina. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Okay, take care. Be well. All right, so don't go looking for K, please. That was my fault. 10.57. 10.57. One last call. Let's go. Kimberly, how you doing? Kimberly? Okay. Oh, shit. I just hung up on Kevin, too. My fault. All right. Hold on one more time. Kimberly, there. Hello? Who? Herman. Irvin? Herman from Buckeye, Arizona. Herbert? Herman. Her oh, Herman. Buckeye, Arizona. Herman. Like Herman Munster? Yeah. Okay. Got you. Got you, Herman. Welcome. Tell Kimberly I say hello, though. Welcome, Herman. Go ahead. Oh. Well, that's my wife, Kimberly. Okay. Well, I, I just wanted to say that I really enjoy your show. I think you guys are fabulous. I've been watching you for a long time. I finally got through. And I'm transported from Michigan to Arizona. And I've only been here a month. I just love it. I think it's great up here in the White Tank Mountains. So, oh, well, first of all, thank you. It's so complimentary. Uh, I, I love hearing stuff like that. I love the hearing that people have been watching for a while and they finally get through. And I hope that this is the first of many times. And as I always say, if you can't get through, 
please email the show. I, I, I read uh, uh, still so much of the email, most of it. Uh, I can't respond to everything these days, but I always take it in, and, um, and I don't know how I find the time, but I do. As far as your move from Michigan to Arizona, so what is the, uh, what's the, what's the elevation where you are right now compared to where you were before? Are you, uh, are you considered like high desert kind of stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. You, I could from from heading out towards uh, the 303, coming from Verado, uh, you could actually see the valley below. You could see Phoenix. It is so beautiful. Wow. I mean, I'm so blessed to be out here. And I'm 65, retired massage therapist, and uh, my wife. Uh, excuse me. Me. Uh, Herman? <laughs> Herman, are you there? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, it's beautiful out here. Uh, you'd have to come out at some point and, and visit Arizona. I don't know if you have. But no, I never I have. I think that the, the arid climate here, compared to where I was at in Michigan, is just absolutely stunning. I mean, just the the night sky as well as the... The people in the valley, the wonderful. People are really wonderful out here. Well, you definitely sound like a, a man who has stumbled upon a place that you are totally taken with. And I know coming from a, a, a vastly different part of the country like that, it was going to be a little bit of a culture shock for you one way or another. The real question was, how are you going to love that shock? And it sounds that you are totally in love with it, and I'm happy that you're hanging out there for your retirement. Well, I got a nice pool. I have, uh, I'm surrounded by my children, which, which means the world to me. I listen to you all the time about your, 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 your daughter. I just think that you are just so blessed and you have such a wonderful voice and intelligent mind. I would love to get my hands on you and give you one of the most fabulous massages <laughs> that you've ever had. You've never been hermanized. And I love hermanized. <laughs> oh, man. I want to get hermanized. Wow. Oh, yeah. Damn. Well, yeah, I, I'll absolutely work on all, all those parts <laughs> of, it, of those dams that you have and open up your mind and your heart and more so penetrate that soul that I think that you have that is just a spirit of, of kindness and love and pure love for, for the people that you, you touch every, each and every day. Well, I, this is, Herman, this is, I'm, this is the kind of a, a call I love that it comes in on a Saturday night. It just feels like a Saturday night call. I loved it. Thank you so much. And, Hold uh, on. I'm, tonight, I'm going to blow that shofar. I'm going to open the eyes of, of, of the heavens, and I'm going to soundly give you a, a, the greatest blessing that one can give over, over the airways. And you're going to have a wonderful future in broadcasting. I can see it. You are the Magna Carta of the voice of the people. That's all I can say. I love you. I continue to watch you. Once you have a plus day. Oh, well, thank you, Herman. I don't know how I can possibly live up to everything you just said right there. But the fact that anybody could have thought 10% of that to be uh, applicable to me is a huge, huge bit of flattery there. And I don't take it lightly. And like I said, you set the bar very high. I hope that I can 
I hope I can sniff it. But boy, that I when he he said, "I wish I could get my hands on you." I said, "Where is this going?" And then I realized he's a masseur. And then he started getting. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get Hermanized tonight. All right. Well, that's it for t- Anthony. I really appreciate you hanging out with me tonight because I would have been all by my lonesome otherwise. Yeah. No, I'm here. And uh, next time we do this, uh, if you are here as well, I'll make sure I get here at. Uh, 7.45, 7.40 instead of 8 o'clock, and then we'll have time to have packed a couple of hookahs because that's the only thing I was missing tonight is a hookah to puff on. But right. um, anything you want to plug? You want to, no. Anything you got coming up, you're releasing that you want people to no. know about? Nope. I mean, if you're interested in seeing what I have, just, just go and follow me. That's it. That's it. And just Anthony that's Vincent all over the place? Right. At Anthony Vincent. Anthony Vincent. There I you mean, I, you know, it's funny. I changed my name from 10 Seconds on to Anthony Vincent on YouTube. It was a big deal. And now since they put handles and I kept the URL of 10 Second Songs, I'm back as 10, as 10 Second Songs. <laughs> that, was, that was no point in doing that. <laughs> no point? Like, yeah. like, like, like it, since, the cha- since the, that, that change, there's nothing. Like I mean, feel- really, I, I didn't really make any big ch- change in my content. Right, but it do was, you feel like there has been any give or take from the the name? I don't think so. Okay, just kind of like turn it spun around in a circle, and you're back to where you are. No, I mean, I I I, I don't think it. I don't think I necessarily stayed in the same place. I just don't think it ever really made a difference. What you're named on on the internet doesn't make a difference. Well, everybody, go check him out because not only. Now, I mean, not only do you already know, but he puts out a, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, and probably Alexandra has used him as a good example right. of unaffiliated music. All right, that's it. Good night, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your weekends. If you are a night uh, a monthly subscriber, then I will see you tomorrow for the Sunday little uh, the Sunday private stream. And tomorrow night, 9.30 p.m. on QuiteFrankly.tv, we're going to have our Sunday night feature. Sunday night feature. And I'll be hanging out with all the people from the book club and hopefully you. So um, enjoy your time together. And I'll, uh, I'll see you on Monday night with Rich Barris. We're kicking it off with him. Wait a second. Hold on a second. I hadn't even checked any of my super chats. What am I, an idiot? I can't go anywhere. And you don't have to worry. I'll, oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna reply to a few things here. I'm so sorry. That's where my mind is. Larkstar says, "Hey Frank and Ant, I want the human factor over technology." P.S. Someone just mentioned you playing a at Red Rocks, as I did before. We want to hear you all play here or there. It'll be epic. 2025, set the charge, and quite frankly, TV meet up in Red Rocks, Colorado. Love to you all. I, Hey, that's the reason why I always tell Anthony and and Tom and Derek. I said, listen, let's let's just keep working out. Let's just write some new songs at whatever pace we can, and keep really really tight set lists of stuff that we can whip out and play at any time. Because if someone did say, hey, we've got an opening slot at Irving Plaza in New York City, they can play 25 minutes. That's good to be just pulled off the bench and know that you'll be able to go in there and do well in a in a pinch hit situation. So, uh, but I, as far as Red Rocks goes in Colorado, that there would have to be a little bit of planning going on there. Uh, Katie, Katie Skye says, did you see that my heart will go on hit number 12? 
on the Billboard chart yesterday. Oh, are you serious? It charted again because of this week? Oh, my God. <gasps> I just need more sub memes. It's just one of those things that feels so wrong but feels so very good. The submarine memes have been on point, and they continue to evolve as well. Uh, Uber Viking says, hey, Frank, would you please ask Anthony how many songs he can hear playing in his head at the same time? I love music, and he, he fascinates me personally. I can hear two playing side by side like Crazy Train and Row, Row, Row Your Boat. I hope this makes sense. Ant, can you mash up songs in your head easily like that? Like uh, how many songs can I... Can I hear overlapping on each other? Yeah, but not like physically overlap. But can you actually recall and have them play over each other? And like she just said, I can hear two playing side by side, crazy train and row, row, row your boat. I hope this makes sense. She's trying to get something across. I kind of know what she's getting at, but I, I can't articulate I, it better. I can, I can I, I hear a lot of different things. <laughs> I imagine a lot of different things. I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. I mean, I've like I can I can fit almost any. If you give me a a an instrumental song, I can fit almost any song over that instrumental. Any any other existing song over. I that. just don't know if she's asking about a creation inside of a studio to actually sit down at the computers and 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 work the 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 equipment and actually put it all together to take multiple songs or to have just a state of being able to process two songs in your head at the same time and mash them up in your head to, to, to listen to almost like generate crazy train and row, row, row your bow independently inside of your head and have them playing out. Yeah, I can do it. Okay. So then there, there you go. Uh, there you go. Youper. Maybe one day you'll have a conversation with Anthony about it at, at a, uh, at a meet and greet or if we're at in Colorado, you can ask him about it afterwards when we're all just milling around in the crowd. <laughs> uh, Revolution, Rev says, Friday I learned... The, hold on, he has a couple of them over here. Hello, Francis. Long time, no super chat. Apologies about that. Too many evening summer sporting events for my, ch uh, my children to listen to you as of late. But great week of shows. Monday's guests were phenomenal. Continuing... Sending multiple tips to help write the ledgers from the past week. I was here. I was convinced from Tuesday's callers that I had suffered a stroke until Jonathan got on the line and righted the ship and made me laugh my ass off. Um, Friday, I learned. So I'm get, we're getting the, the recap of the week here. Rev says, Friday, I learned that apparently Jimmy Buffett's birth, given birth name was Don Beach. And that you do a great Elvis Parsley impression. But the ultimate was the piss caller who scolded you. What are you doing to me? What the F was in the air this week? Keck. Yeah, there's a lot there. Especially the guy called up. I'm about to take a leak. Well, don't. Don't do that. All right, here on Rumble. Anything? We got a Rumble rant from J-Dog. Says, heck yeah, Frank, on Saturday night, me and the wife went to uh, Shiloh National Park today. We had a great time. Sounds awesome. Me, I wish that I was just able to arrange a hookah over here in time. That didn't work out too well. Anyway, Monday is right around the corner. Enjoy your Sunday. We'll talk soon. Thank you for everything, guys and gals. Until next time. I'll catch you on the flip side.
quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience. And now our super chatters just came in from Tina Hagen on Rockfin. Thank you so much, Tina. No relation to Tom Hagen, I'm sure. And then thank you to all my friends across the Rumble Rants and, quite frankly, superchat.com. It's going to be a good time on Monday night. I'll see you there, 7 o'clock. For now, enjoy. You're a kitty cat? It's Han. Hello. I'm a kitty cat as well. <laughs> 